Thank you, young man. When you're 25 and 35, don't change. In fact, I'm supposed to make a presentation right now of a book called Volume 1. Where is it? Where's Volume 1? I need Volume 1 right now. Being Volume 1. Caleb, your dad says he wants to invest in you. And asked me to give you Volume 1. Come on up here. Bring me Volume 1, please, very quickly. I want this on record that he did get it from us. So when you're 35 years, you can't say we didn't give it to you. Everybody say amen. Hallelujah. We want to spread the gospel to the next generation. Praise God. We've got to spread the gospel. But the volume one coming is bringing it right now. Volume one. And all you young boys, if you want it, you can have it. It's up to you. Amen. Praise God. But I've got to invest. Would you hurry, please? I got to go. I got to go. All right. All right. Amen. Chapter 10, while it's, while it's coming. Praise God. Get your Bible. So you can read along with me. Praise God. Chapter 10 of Hebrews. Let's go to verse 23. Let's hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he's faithful that promised. Let's consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully after that we have received knowledge of the truth. There remain no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised, past tense, Moses' law, died without mercy on the two or three witnesses. Of how much sure punishment suppose ye shall be thought worthy who hath trodden on the foot the Son of God, and hath come the blood of the covenant, wherewith he was cleansed, or sanctified, and an holy thing, and hath done despite on the Spirit of grace. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, said the Lord, and again the Lord shall judge his people. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. But call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured great fight affliction. Can I have volume one, please? Caleb, here's your entry into a theological school. Volume one. Will you study that book? You will. All right. When you're done, six volume, there'll be an exam. God bless you in Jesus' name. Let's worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord. Come on. Let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. God, we worship you.
God, we praise you. Anoint your word in Jesus' name. You may be seated. I want to preach to you this title, The Value of Church Attendance. The Value of Church Attendance. I'm going to say to you this night, if you go to college, they keep record of your attendance. Even though you're paying money, they keep a record of your attendance. And if you miss too many, they conclude you're not going to pass, number two. And number three, they're not going to waste time on you. And they'll ask you not to come back the next semester. They'll just tell you leave. They'll tell you leave. Most universities start with a large crowd of people. But as time goes on, a whole lot disappears. Graduation, it even filters down to just a handful. But if you were the day of the opening, it was a large crowd of people. Many have started, but few have continued and fought the battle and won and stayed there. You see, I remember I was preaching to a friend for a friend who invited me to preach for him, and he had a plan. And he asked me the question, and I answered the question, and he wasn't very pleased with the answer I gave him. I, he said, I'm thinking about dropping the number of services I have to less, sir, number of services. In particular, the Lord's Day, which the Lord resurrected from the dead on a Sunday, he said, look, uh, I'm going to have one service. What do you think about that? Well, he called me his elder. But I guess in this case, I was not his elder. I said, now, and yeah, and what will the people do when it comes church time and you close the door? And uh, where will they go? And when they get used to it, where and what will they be doing in those times when they're not at church? I could tell he was not pleased with the answer. I need to report he did cut it back to one service. And because others are doing it, men are following steps. Another one told me before he went bankrupt, he told me that uh, he's going to cut back service and have one service on Sunday because the light bill is too much for the crowd that came. And I thought, really? Is that the criteria? for having service to fewer crowd. They're not worthy of a message. Not worthy of being in Jehovah's presence because the rest are not coming. And the light bill become the criterion for opening up the church. Well, make a long story short, that's what he did. And so now, around the world, whether they're charismatic or Pentecostals or or Baptist, what do they call themselves? You'll find they only have one service. And that service is just a, a one hour, 45 minute sermon or less, and then they're gone. And as I traveled this week, I said to my wife, Have you noticed the smallest building in this city is a church building? It will never increase in size. 
It will always stay small. You go to you. If I was a, and so what we're seeing is it was because the door of the church was closed. Nobody cared that the door was closed. Amen. And they all went their own ways and God was forsaken. And so they got used to that situation. Josiah came and Jehoshaphat came and Hezekiah came and called for a return. And in every case they were laughed at, mocked, not by heathen, but by the people that came out of Egypt one time and said they would serve the Lord. That young guy said, I have made an affirmation. I will serve the Lord. I will keep his commandment. Now Paul is writing, notice here, not to a church, but to the Hebrew family. You know who the Hebrew families are? From the stock of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's not writing to the Corinthians or the Colossians. He's not writing to the Grecians or the Africans or, or the nomads or the gypsies of the day. No, he ran to the Hebrew, the people that God gave the oracle to. He ran to them and let them know that going to church is not an option. It's not a multiple choice decision that you arbitrarily make. He said, God have singled out church attendance and put it in this rendering here that it is a fearful thing. It is a horrible thing to be caught on the wrong side of God when it comes to church attendance. And I'm going to shock you now. God keeps score. He count the sheep. He said 90 and 9 is here. One missing. At Pentecost, he counted 120. 380 are missing. He counted the upper room. Judas, and, the, and, and, and not Judas, but uh, uh, Thomas was missing. He was not there. Jesus does keep record. If you don't believe it, read the book of Numbers. God count everyone that come to the matrix and said they are mine and they are going to come three times they're going to come in the ear before me and none is allowed to come empty they must come with worship and gift and if they were on a journey so far that they couldn't show up at the right place God said there is a synagogue you could go to and you would worship on the next month on the specific time God is keeping record why do God when God built the world he said let's create let's make a garden of Eden did you know it was, it was just a spot on earth not everybody could go there in fact, the only person that ever been there was Adam and Eve. Nobody else has ever been there. Because it's not something you just walk into. There are angels with flaming swords to keep people out 
and keep people in. And the Bible said Adam and Eve, because their transgression was cast out into the world, they came out of the Garden of Eden. And Revelation said, every one of us in this building right now, our journey is trying to get back to the Garden of Eden. Everybody in the church world is trying to get access to the tree of life. Everybody in the church world is trying to get past that flaming sword and get back to the tree of life where we're no longer naked and we have access into God's paradise. I'm trying to tell you the church valued attendance. If Air Canada can give you perks for your attendance, if Visa can and MasterCard can, what about the church? You've got perks to receive for attending church. It's not an option. It's a Christian mandate that you be there. You see the Lord give a story about who a neighbor is. And to live with Christ is to become his neighbor. Not everybody going to live with Jesus Christ. God told Noah, I'm going to destroy the whole world. And the earth is going to be destroyed. Everybody, including Noah. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And God said, Noah, you found grace. And I'm going to give you a plan. I want you to build me an ark. And God said, when you build an ark, I want whatever goes in that ark, keep it alive. Keep it alive. And that's the whole purpose of the church. For a people that was condemned but found grace. Hello. And the purpose of the church is to keep you alive. And to keep you remaining until he shows up. God said, go on now, build that ark. Now you know what the story all those who thought they could live outside of the ark found out that they were going to bloat and not float. Hello? Get on the ark or perish. That was the message. But the ark had value. And when they saw those animals, those beasts going on the gangplank, they stayed home. They didn't get involved. But there was not one of those animals on that ark that perished in the flood. The pastor Noah was the eighth person that went up to church. I want to tell you, if the church only have eight people, it is still worth it being one of the eight. Anybody who stayed home and didn't go on the ark, they perished. And God says, as in the days of Noah. That means if you're behaving like those people, in the days of Noah, you're going to perish outside of the church because you didn't get on the gangplank and you didn't go to church, and that's going to be your downfall. The big sin of the day was not all the things they were doing. The sin was you didn't go to church. You knew God because God had a preacher there 
that preach righteousness. A man of faith preaching, get on the ark. Show up. But you chose to stay home. Even when the lowest of life forms was going up on that gangplank, you looked at it and did nothing about it. And the Bible tells me today by Peter's writing that there are souls in prison who found out that going to church was important. Souls in prison while God was waiting for you to make up your mind whether you're going to be loyal and faithful to church and you sit there on your knees and wouldn't go to the church, God said, get on, giraffe. Get on, skunks. Get on, kangaroo. Get on, their sheep. Get on, their goats. And you are going to be locked out. And the Bible said, they perish in the flood. Noah's generation realized that God kept everything alive in the ark, but everything outside died. I'm trying to tell you, honey, church is the only place you can survive. In times like these, you are not going to survive outside of the church. And you're in for a rude awakening one day when you realize you're not in the church. Hello. The Bible talk about the, you know, the, the rabbits and the conies, how smart they are. You know where they go to hide? They hide themselves in the rocks. You know why they hide themselves in the rock? And church, I want you to hear this today. Because they realize the only fence they have is a hiding place. You need a hiding place. When this world is on fire and the wrath of God is being burped out, the only people they are going to have security and safety and blessed assurance are people locked up in the church. Why? Because the gates of hell shall not prevail. And the people in the church have a promise. God hath not appointed this church to wrath. And so we are in God's rock, hiding, praise God, because there is safety. Every time you stay in a church, you're cutting yourself off from God's most valued hiding place. You cannot hide outside of the ark of God. There is no rock better than our rock. Amen. Your survival depend upon, amen, this rock of ages. In evolution, it says survival of the fittest, but the coney is the weakest, and the spiders are weak, and they hide in the rock. I'm trying to tell somebody, you will not escape the wrath of God. Paul is writing to the Hebrew people who know the Bible, and said, look, not forsaken. What forsaken mean? You have no reason for staying home. You have no reason for not being in church when the gates were open. You have no reason for not hearing the preaching word of God. When God was preaching the word of God through a man of God, you had a right to go there. And you have no reason for staying where you stayed. But you chose to be ap apathetic. Not important. Go when I feel like. Do what I feel like. When God said not forsaken. The assembling. Together. That means you're not scared. You're, you're assembling. You come together. 
of yourselves and you chose not to come because you think it's optional if I go. You're not doing God a favor by showing up. You're just stepping in the ark of safety when you come in the church. When you come to church, you're making your calling and election secure and sure. Because everything outside of this ark are going to see sore punishment. Get in or stay out and be lost. The first thing God told Israel when they came out of Egypt, he said, look, I want you to go and build me a what? Sanctuary. You know, we come into church tonight. You pass it by. You didn't look at it. But I saw some trees along the roadside. I saw a mark on it. It's the mark of destruction. Tomorrow, next week, it won't be there. They're marked for destruction. Somebody's going to cut those trees down and say they're dead, twice dead, and should be plucked up by the root. They've got no value. And they're going to cut them off. I think about the people that could have been in church, should have been in church, and could have been in paradise today, but they're in perdition right now. In hell, lifting up their eyes and crying and wondering why they are. God says, in your lifetime, you could have, you should have, but you didn't. You see, in, in the ark of God, Noah had a responsibility to keep them up alive. Outside of this boat, there is no hope. Outside the hope. And the sanctuary that God built. He said, look, I want you to build that sanctuary because it's for the endangered species of humanity. You have no idea what Satan is planning for your life. He knows his days are numbered. And anything outside of the ark is open season. But he can't cross a certain line. He can't go up the gangplank. He can't go in the sanctuary. He can't get by the gate. I'm going to tell you, my friend, God has given us a sanctuary. And you better realize it's a place of hiding. It's a place that God open to you. Now you may ignore me tonight, but I'm telling you, honey, I promise you these words are not going to the wall in vain. It's coming to your heart for pain or, or, or gain, my friend. You're going to have to face my preaching again. You mark it down. You're going to have to face it, my friend. Maybe not now, but later you will. You're going to face the preaching and face the preacher. God said to Paul, these guys are planning to jump ship. They plan to jump ship. It's suicidal. If you can't be saved on board, what makes you think you can save yourself outside of the ship? You think the church is so rotten and so bad hypocritical, what makes you think the world is better? <laughs> I don't think you heard me. You think we're all a bunch of, a bunch of hoods, amen? What you think about the world? <laughs> It's ten times worse. It's a whole lot more stinking out there. Hallelujah. And God told Paul, you tell those people, except they abide on the ship, you're not going to be saved. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't stay in the church, you're going to be lost. 
You're heading for hell. You're not going to make it. Praise God. You're going to live your life on earth in vain. And suffer the pain of Cain. A vagabond. Amen. A fugitive. Didn't have to be that way. Do you notice today when God told Cain? Cain, you got power. You have authority. You're in charge. What's wrong with you? Just do what's right. And you get the right response from God. But no, he chose to kill his brother. Church, you rock it down. Would have wiped them out if they had jumped ship. This church is safer than any bomb shelter the Canadian government can offer you. This church can offer you more healing balm than any hospital can give you in the OR. I'm telling you, my friend, we have insurance and blessed assurance. My God, why would you stay home when there's God's house? I want to tell you, God's house is better than my house. Amen. Worship God. Come on, church. Hallelujah. I want a house. Hallelujah. You see, in this church, you may think we're a bunch of hypocrites. And you may think we're a bunch of hoots. Amen. But not so with God. God called us the called out ones. He called us out of darkness into this marvelous light. And why on earth would you want to stay out of this light? Give up the cockroach ideas and come where the light is. You heard it tonight. This church is a city of refuge. You don't know it, but Satan is out on your hide. He is chasing you as a devouring lion. He's roaring, but honey, that avenger of blood cannot cross that door. Because Jesus said, I am the door. I am the gate. So why would you want to stay out of the house of God? Your blood be upon your head, my friend. Now, some folks don't like when preachers have authority. You know, they like to go to churches where the preacher has no authority. It's all watered down. But let me tell you what the scripture means. It says, obey them that have the rule over you. That don't mean they're your boss. That don't mean that. It doesn't mean that these guys are there to dictate to you. Because you can do what you feel like. And you always will do what you feel like anyhow. But what it means is these guys operate by rules. Standards. That God gave them. And the whole purpose the watchman is to watch over your soul. The worst thing you can do is stand before God and don't have a preacher in your life. Because you were your own priest. It's not going to work. Hello? And God says, they watch for your soul. Your house don't watch for your soul. In fact, your house may be a haunted house. Your house may be a house of trouble and, and turmoil, upset, upside down. Your house needs a visitation from God. 
And the best place to have, like Anna realized, the best place to have some refuge is leave my house and go to God's house. Hello? And so God said, look, I put watchmen on the wall. He goes up there and looks down for your soul. Well, you don't go to church? Where do you belong? Next time you see cows, watch those cows. When a calf is born, the first thing they do, make sure mama lick that thing. Because if mama don't, she will not feed it. It's possible to come to this church and not even get fed. Why? Because you don't feel a sense of belonging. The church is a city of refuge. Why would you not run to it? The man David cried Abner's grave. And I hope I don't cry at your grave one day. And say you should have been. You could have been. You know the preaching. You've had access and opportunity. And yet you die like a fool die. Because you would not go to the house of the Lord. Praise God. And the avenger of blood is looking for a way into your life and my life. Don't ever let him get between you and the church. Because once he get between it, my friend, you're not going to get back in. He's going to keep you out. Let's worship God. The church is here to keep you from falling. The church is here to hide you from the flood that's coming upon our world. The church is here to hide you from the sword of Ataliah. Her job is to destroy the royal seed. The church is here to hide you from the wrath of Pharaoh. The church is here to hide you from the avenge of blood. The church is here to hide you from the dragon and his anger. He wants to make sure you don't make it to heaven. I'm trying to tell you, going to church should not be an option. It should become a way of life. Nobody should say, let's go to church. But they said, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. Let's worship God. Praise God. I like the Bible says, it was the custom of Mary and the custom of Jesus to go to the temple. Why don't you make going to church a custom? Why are you always AOL from church? Why are you always missing? Where do you belong? The attendance list says you've been weighed in the balance. You've been found wanting. You're not faithful to the house of the Lord. And you're ignoring Paul's teaching. And Paul said not to forsake the sound. Oh, well, God, I'm not a thief. I don't rob anybody. I don't commit nothing immoral. But God said you broke the scripture. You're doing it willfully. Willfully. I was coming to church tonight to my wife when I was working on the plant. There were times they tried to force me to work on Sunday. I said, I'm not going to. Fortunately, I didn't have to. Once, maybe. Twice, maybe. Cried my head off. Bald. Squall. 
And God said, now I know that you love me. Hallelujah. I said, God, why should I, on this sacred day that for us is sacred, and these guys playing golf on Sunday, you get me out of this situation, and I'll be in church. I won't be on the golf field. I won't be cutting grass on church time. Hallelujah. I'm going to talk to your church right now. I get concerned when I'm preaching. Some of you don't even hear me preaching. You're busy elsewhere. You're in the kitchen. You're all over the place. God is talking to me about it. You're wrong. You're wrong. Do it on your time. Prayer time means prayer time. Lord have mercy. Hallelujah. People don't believe they missed anything when they did not hear the message. People don't think they lost anything when they were not here to hear, feel the presence of God. You know why? You don't respect God nor his house. And you don't care what the Bible says. You're going to do your own thing. Hello. But I want to tell you, most people that miss church have the spirit of Thomas. Hello. You know what Jesus Christ said to Mary? And Martha, Jesus is sitting right down there. And where Jesus is, that's church to me. And he's preaching and talking. And Mary just put up the chair and put the fork down, the knives down, and the pots down, and the, and the vacuum cleaning down. And she began to cozy up to Jesus. And here's Martha. Oh, Jesus, don't you care? That I'm doing all the hard domestic work and, and I'm trying to give you, you know, whatever you need, Lord Jesus, but, but she's not helping me. He said, Martha, 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 you don't know where it's at. Mary chose the better part. I want to tell you. My family don't visit me and expect me to stay home. Maybe yours does. Hello? Tell them go to hell for me. Tell them go to hell. I'm not staying there for you. Go to hell. I'm going to church. I'm going to heaven. They won't come with me to church, but I must go with them to hell. No! I said, no! You visit my house, I'm going to God's house now. Bye. See you later. Come back. Well, you haven't seen me for days. Guess what? I haven't seen God for years. Hello? It does matter what sermon I missed. It does matter when he came by and I wasn't there. Hello? Amen. And the Bible said Adam was kicked out of the Garden of Eden. The curses were on the outside. Let's worship God right now. I want to ask you right now. Is there anybody in this building that God's trying to talk to you right now? Hallelujah. You see, people don't want to pray. When prayer meantime comes, they find everything to do to the prize over. Then they show up. Because they have not learned the value of prayer. 
They have not learned the value of listening to sermons. Hallelujah. Praise God. I've seen people done all the time. Come to church when they feel like it. When they don't feel like it. And they got no legitimate reason for doing what they're doing. But it says, she chose the better thing. Because one of these days, he's not going to be there for you. Would you stand? I value the house of God. If I was to talk to right now a girl called Anna, Anna, what was going on in your house? She said, my house was a haunted house. It was just chaotic. It is strife and grief and crabby spirits and madness going on. And to keep my sanity, I make my way down to the house of the Lord. David, what's wrong with you, David? Everything went crazy until I went to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One girl going to backslide her own guy. One going to backslide one time. The story's told. And uh, say, I'm, uh, I'm going to quit church. I'm not going back. I don't get what I want from God. Man, God said, do me one favor. What's that? Before you do it, take one more visit to the house of the Lord. And tell God at the altar, this is your last visit. That you won't be back. He prayed through. He prayed through. I'm going to ask you right now, how long has it been since you've been to the altar? How long has it been since you heard the preaching of the word of God? How long has it been since you've been convicted? How long since tears run down your cheek? Not because of flesh to hurt, but deep rooted conviction. How long? I thought to myself, okay, pastors, you've given your people less church attendance. What will they do now? Give them more time to sin. When God says you need more, not less, assembling. Those churches are not biblical. The next thing is that one church here is going to drift till there's no church service. Little by little, Satan cut us them off. Hallelujah. You watch anybody who just got the Holy Ghost. They want to go to the next service. But you watch those who are cooling off or lost the spirit. They don't want to go. I don't see a reason. And here's the sad part. They can miss church. I mean, you can not go to church and not even miss it. They can live not too far from church, not even go there. And it doesn't bother them. When others have got to go to church. The value of the church. That's where God hide your soul. That's where God give you hope. There's no hiding place. I'm talking to somebody right now. 
Amen. I made a rule in this church, and many families don't like it. They badger the usher, and really it's me they're badgering. I know what they're doing. And all the time, I'm trying to save them from experiences I know that overthrow a lot of people. <clears throat> the devil can work through kids that mama don't hear the word. The devil can work through anything that you allow him to just to cut you off from the preaching. He don't want you to hear preaching. He don't want you to hear singing because the Bible said when they sang the evil spirit departed and the evil spirit going to be in your house but in God's house in the songs of Zion drive away the evil spirit and the only way the devil could get Saul he had to kill the priesthood when he killed the priesthood he killed the intercessors for his life when you kill the influence of the church by not showing up you no longer hear preaching Never likes that. You no longer feel the, the anointing we all feel. The conviction you don't feel anymore. And pretty soon the spirit of the party, and you don't even know it. It's gone. But you suppose you got it. He may even give you false tongues also. Jibba jabba sounds like real tongue, but it's not a real tongue. In, in actuality, you're blaspheming God in those tongues. Probably cursing him too. It does happen. Hello? You can blaspheme your tongue and don't even know it. You can't. <clears throat> can't help it? Yes. And so, you know, the devil has cut you off. And David stayed home when he should be on the battlefield. And boy, the devil just worked things out for him and set him up. And you all got your Bathsheba waiting on you. Ah. Because you know what? He should be in the house of the Lord. When Saul allows Samuel to be afraid of him, he cut off the messenger to his life. And Saul did not go to church anymore. But you know what? One but a backslider, they're spiritual. May not be religious, but they're spiritual. Hello? Because they operate in the witchcraft spirit. Hello? And the Bible said, he knows I need some higher power. And I can't go to the priest's office because I killed them all. And I can't go to prophet, he's dead. So where do I go? The next higher power, the witches. Hello? I don't doubt right now you're reading horoscope for your future. Ouija boards for your guidance. Hello? Hello? Hallelujah. You know, church, Saul discovered the value of David. He no longer could hear David play for him because he chased him away. He could not hear the word and the preaching, the anointing, prophetic utterance from a man called Samuel because he's scared with his sword. He's dead. And he couldn't hear the prayer of the priest because he killed them all. And so help me God, you're doing the same thing in this building. You're cutting off the preacher. 
You're cutting off the saints. You're cutting off Jesus. You're cutting off the Holy Ghost. And one of these days you're going to wake up crying. He knew one time I was another man, but now I revert back from my old ways. And he came. The value of the church. Oh my God. David played in the the spirit would disappear from him. You walk in church and you got bad spirit and my God would start singing and a good spirit comes on. Hallelujah. You go back up down again. Down again. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you know what? I'm going to stay in the house of the Lord. I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord. I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord. I've learned the value of church when I came to Fort McMurray and the building was empty, I said, honey, we're going to stay in the house. We're going to stay in the house because we get outside, we're going to become a statistic and become like everybody else. But as long as I'm in the house, where did they hide the royal seed? From Ataliah? In the house. Boys, if you hide in the house, drugs can't get you. Alcohol can't get you. Crack can't get you. It's just not going to get you. And I like that wise old mother called Amy Hannah. She took her boy and gave him in the house of the Lord. Said, boy, you stay right here. And you live in God's presence. Would you buy your head right now? Oh, God. Have you been to church lately? I'm talking to you. If you hit and miss church, I'm talking to you. Now, there are circumstances in life when you just can't be there. I'm talking about when you could, and you should, and you didn't. You come down this altar and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for forsaking myself. The assembly of be with you. Anybody here? Did I preach this in vain to Jesus? I don't think I did. The last place they'll take you unless you're really gone far is the house of God. Right now you're walking by yourself, but when you're dead, friends, six of going to walk you out. Going to walk you out of this building. Would you walk down this aisle and say, God, I want to renew my faithfulness to the house of God. I vow not to leave your house. Hide me, Lord.